Welcome to Recovery His Way um, on the beautiful campus of His Way in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, we're joined today by uh, Mike Ross. Mike is our program director. He recently joined His Way a couple of months ago, and we're excited to have him added to our ministry. And I think he comes from a unique perspective that I wanted to, to share and learn more about. Uh, Mike is originally from the wonderful state of Washington, where I'm from as well, so we have that in common. And uh, he's done mission work and, uh, and, of course, has recently joined us as program director. So, Mike, welcome to His Way and welcome to Recovery His Way. Thank you. Um, I'd like for you to start by just giving us a little bit of your story. Um, how did you start this journey, first of all, with the Lord? And kind of where did that take you and kind of bring you up to kind of this point? Okay. Well, I didn't really grow up in a religious household. Uh, my grandmother was religious. She went to the Methodist church. So we went with her on Sundays, went to Bible class with her. But I wasn't really particularly religious. Uh, but I never lost a belief in God. I always had that throughout my teen years and my early 20s. Um, but I really worshipped other things. Uh, worshipped sex, drugs, drinking, rock and roll. All the things that were big during the uh, the era I grew up in, and I had a lot of trauma and pain in my early life, and so I used these things to try to fill that void in my life, and so I was really empty all the time. I was searching. Mm-hmm. I got into the military after high school. I almost died in high school from alcohol poisoning one time. Uh, wow. Which then, branch of the military? Air Force. Okay. So I joined the Air Force in 1979. That's when I graduated, got out of high school, right into the military. Um, but I still continued partying. I was just trying to fill, trying to medicate all the pain that I had inside. My parents were divorced when I was younger. I went through a lot of bullying and shaming as a child. And so I was always trying to escape. And I just got to the point where I almost, I got really sick one night. I almost felt like I was going to die. And I'm like, God, if you get me through this, I will change. So funny how God hears those little foxhole prayers, right? (laughs) Because two weeks later, this guy comes into uh, the place where I'm working. He gets transferred there. And he's Pentecostal. And so he starts talking to me about religion. I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. And he starts talking about how the Spirit of God works and things like that. And so I was I was fascinated. And I went to a couple of Bible studies with him. And then I went home with him one weekend and um, had a really powerful experience at his church. It really changed my life and kind of really turned my whole course to following Christ. Uh, six months after that, I got, I got orders to go to Great Britain. And I spent the next three years in Great Britain. I started out with a ministry called Navigators or a disciple-making mm-hmm. ministry. And then a guy from the Church of Christ got transferred into my shop. And we started having conversations about baptism. And I decided that, you know, I, what I believed about baptism wasn't right. So I was baptized again for, with, you know, full knowledge this time and for the right reasons. And six months after that, I was at a school of biblical studies in Denver, Colorado, at Bear Valley. So how did, how did that's a big jump from military in England to mm-hmm. Bear Valley in Colorado how, in six months? That's how that happened. Well, the guy who baptized me, the guy who originally taught me, didn't do my conversion study. He just introduced the idea. Actually, he talked to me about the idea, and I avoided him for about three or four months <laughs> <laughs> until I realized he was probably right. 
And so we studied with an Air Force captain uh, named Donald Underwood, and Donald was knew about Bear Valley, and he was wanting he wanted he was praying about someone raising up someone who would be a preacher. And so he talked to me about school, and I went. I ended up out of Bear Valley six months later, okay. and was there for three years. And then I've kind of worked off and on in ministry and secular work. I ended up going to Oklahoma Christian and getting a bachelor's degree in Bible. I also got married while I was there. But I always had a desire to do mission work or to be doing church work of some kind. And um, so I'd have stints where I did things. So for example, I was a youth minister for a while, then an outreach minister, but I really wanted to do mission work. And so we eventually ended up in Brazil in 2012 and spent the last seven and a half years in Brazil till my return this last February. Um, where in Brazil exactly and what were you doing as a missionary in Brazil? Okay, um, southeastern Brazil, uh, about 70 miles from the city of Sao Paulo, a town called Paulinha. It's part of a larger metropolitan area, uh, the Campinas Metro. There are 20 different cities and Campinas is the main city. We had a school of the Bible, which was a really popular method of evangelism back then, or now it is. It's used very widely and is successful. And we had a, we had a good work. Okay, good. Well, you know, um, you know, you decided um, a couple of months ago, obviously, to join our team and become a part of helping guys break the bonds of addiction in their life. I guess I was interested in what um, about um, this opportunity made you think that it was God's next step for you, that this was something that he had prepared you for what in your experience or background would make you feel like, because I mean, obviously you had some substance abuse issues and obviously some um, some trauma in your life and that type of thing, but you know, you didn't go through a recovery program. You weren't um, actively involved as an alcoholic or drug addict and didn't go through AA or anything like that. So kind of what felt drew you to this and then what made you think that you were prepared or this was somehow a good next step for you? Well. Last year, at the beginning of 2019, I thought that I would live in Brazil the rest of my life and that I would still be married. And so I had those those ideas that, you know, I was never leaving here and I'd still be married. Um, what I didn't see was that my own problems with addiction were having uh, effects on my wife and on my family. And um I had a lot of this trauma, I had a lot of anger, resentment. Um, I don't know if we would call it rage, but just a lot of, just I had a really negative view of who I was and it spilled out into my marriage and into my family and my work. And uh, then when things uh, blew up this time last year, my marriage, uh, things blew up in my marriage and I realized I've got a problem and so I started working with a, a guy who counseled me and working through my particular uh, area of addiction. And we started the process of getting divorced and it was the worst time in my life. I've never experienced such emotional pain and suffering. But what happened during that is that God began to work in me. He began to deal one with what I was responsible for in this but also he began to transform me. He began to heal me. He began to show me how much he really loved me and cared about me. And when I arrived in Nashville in February of 2020, 
Um, I moved there so I could be part of a 12-step program. He wrapped me in community. And so I got really involved in my recovery, involved in other communities as well. And I've been working that process since then. And I've worked really hard on my recovery. And so I, I really feel like that has really prepared me for this particular type of work that, you know, I've been through, I've had addictive behaviors that destroyed my family. You know, I've lost everything. I went from living in a house, having a ministry, uh, being a missionary in Brazil to uh, being unemployed and renting a room and not even having a car and thinking this is what my life has been reduced to. But really what God was doing was he was using that to be a crucible to help purify me and prepare me for this work here. And I really feel like I'm here because of God's will. There's a man by the name of Earl Lavender that I met in Nashville. And Earl's really, he's a great teacher. And so I told him my story when I got to Nashville about what had happened. And he's like, wow, well, we need to go out and have lunch sometime. And, um, but God used Earl two different times to point me in a direction I needed to go. One was to a conference that changed my life. And after that conference, we had lunch and I told him my story. And he goes, you know, there's this place in Huntsville, Alabama that you would be perfect for called His Way. And so he gave me your information. I sent in my resume, but I didn't hear anything for months. I'm just like, uh, you know, it was a stretch. I didn't think that I'd be a good fit. And all of a sudden in July, you sent me a note. Are you still interested? Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, so we did the phone interview. I came down here for an interview, got to meet everybody. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember driving away. I was so excited. I was like, Lord, this is what I want to do. And then you called a couple weeks later and offered me the job. And I arrived September 1st, and it's been an amazing ride. And so I really feel like my own personal journey in recovery, recovery has really helped me, help prepare me for this work mm -hmm. here. But it's also that I've discovered along the way how God, how much God really loves me, how much he delights in me. And I've discovered my identity. And that's one of the things I really liked about your early podcasts was that you, you really hammered the idea of identity. You know, we're not addicts, you know, we're not alcoholics, we're not you know, drug addicts, not sexaholics, or whatever aholic, you're not any of this stuff. That's not your identity. Right. And I've come to realize that my identity is that I'm a child of God. Amen. That's wonderful. Thank you. You know, um, one of the things that in your transition you mentioned coming down here in September, um, one of the things, you know, we made plans for you to do is to live on campus here. And so, you know, most of our employees don't always start by living on campus unless obviously you go through the program here. So, um, you know, you've kind of chosen kind of a uh, novel way to do this. And certainly a kind of a baptism by fire, if you will, kind of jumping in with both feet at the deep <laughs> yes. end. Um, and so I'm interested in kind of what has been that experience for you in terms of, you know, obviously you've been, in, you know, a husband and family and all that kind of stuff for a long time. You then you were by yourself a while. Now you're thrown in with, you know, 40 some guys and living in this community environment. Um, how has that been for you? What have been some of the things maybe that have been what you expected? Did, did some of your fears get realized? Did some of your um, fears get um, resolved? Did, I mean, how have things been regarding that experience for you? It's It's been a blessing. 
Um, now, I'm used to communal living in the sense of being in the military, you live in the barracks, so you live with a bunch of guys mm-hmm. for a while. So right. it's, it's, important. it's not, not anything new, but you know, living in a community like this certainly is new for me. But I knew that, that one of the things I needed was community and that if I came here, because I'm still early in my own recovery, if I came here and was alone, that that would be that wouldn't be good for me, and so I wanted to be in a place that I would be around people because that works for accountability. Mm-hmm. And what better place than a place where everybody's is going the same direction? Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much. Um, I didn't know what to expect when I got here. You know, I kind of had vague ideas, and I think what what surprised me is just the the depth that these guys' lives have been just the, the destruction in their life from addiction and just how their lives have been shattered, their marriages, their families. I mean, just everything seems to be just blown apart. And I wasn't really prepared for that when I got here, but it's been good for me to see because it just shows me how necessary this work is. And I, 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 I enjoy living here. It's not really difficult for me mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I talk to the guys out here you know I talk to my class I see them all the time and I can just go into my room and shut my door and, and have solitude or just go to my office and have solitude if I, I really need it but I really try to interact with the guys I've, I've enjoyed that and the staff as well that's great I appreciate that you know it's been good to have you here obviously um, in an environment like ours um, there's a level of instability, and so having mature men on campus um, is always a valuable thing. Early in our program, we didn't have that, and it was definitely challenging because I was actually reflecting with the guys the other uh, this morning in class about what the early time was like. And you know, every morning when I walked onto the campus, I, I you didn't know what you're walking into that day and what the challenges were going to be because you know it's just kind of like um, brand new day every day, and and uh, be all kinds of craziness going on so it's good to have that on campus today and I appreciate you being an important part of that um, you know you've been here for a couple of months and obviously as you've talked about this is not only a journey that involves work and ministry but also involves transformation your own realizations your own um, transformation and so it's interesting just even over the past couple of months being here engage in this community what kind of things you think have have happened for you or what kind of realizations or things have happened in your own personal life i think um one that my relationship with god has really deepened since i've gotten here just because of my normal spiritual practices um but i think that i've been stretched in ways that i I'm being stretched in ways that I hadn't been stretched. So I'm encountering new situations, um, having to do new things, having to confront fears, um, can do things that aren't comfortable. And so I really feel like my time here is really kind of stretching me and, and molding me in different ways that I haven't been molded before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we were talking about one of those um, a little bit of going to meeting, right? You had. Mm-hmm part of the dismissal process of one of our residents and just yes. going through the craziness of that process and just yeah. their reactions to everything and that kind of stuff. And um, it can certainly stretch you. <laughs> or sometimes just some of the guys' responses in class, you know, I just don't realize what their perception of the world is. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm thinking in trying to think in a healthy perception of the world, but then they come up with something that, that's totally different. And so sometimes, like just last week, I was just, just really surprised at something someone said in class and just said, well, you know, that's normally in a, in a healthy relationship. That would not be the case. Right, right. And so I'm just getting, getting stretched in a lot of different ways. But I really think that God is really preparing me um, just to continue doing this work. Mm-hmm. You know, you came here to, to minister to people who are trapped in addiction. And so, you know, you're... Your personal experience isn't that, you know, you've, you're trained in years of addiction recovery and like that. So this is kind of new to you. I guess I was interested in just the last couple of months, any things that you've kind of realized or learned about how to effectively serve this community? Um, I've learned that consistency is important in this community. Structure is important. But I'm also learning a lot about the nature of addiction itself. It's not always just trauma-based. You know that there are there really are a lot of different factors that play into addiction, and um, I'm also learning just how destructive it's to the family. You know the family side of it as well, mm-hmm. and that was something I really didn't appreciate. But you know, sitting in family meetings or graduation meetings, you know, you get a sense of you know the families are weary, they're tired, they're you know they sometimes they don't have any hope. And they don't, they've just dealt with this for so long, they don't know how to live. And so for me to learn that side, but also learn that there's a way forward for the families mm-hmm. as well has been really helpful. Good. Well, you know, as program director, obviously your major responsibility is the programming side of things, the classes and the curriculum and the counseling structure and just a lot of the things that we provide in terms of services for the residents while they're living here. So. Um, you know, obviously it was not something you've done before, so you're not coming with your own package of this is the, the Mike Ross, you know, program of recovery. Um, but you are coming in and kind of learning this community and then learning and creating a program that you think uh, can best connect with or help or serve this community. So I was interested just as you envision the future, I know we're doing a lot of things and revamping the program and that type of thing. As you envision that, is there any particular dreams you have or visions you have or hopes you have about what the future would hold in terms of programs and uh, ministry things to addicts here? Well, one, I would like to see this program have wider exposure. So I would like to see it, and there are talks about it going to different cities, maybe even acting in a, in a, as consultants and helping mm-hmm. people start their own faith-based programs. So my vision is to create something that can be utilized in a lot of different places, but also to, to create something that, that's fairly simple and not complex because the people we deal with, they're not complicated people, you know, at this point in time when they're just entering their their mental capacities are you know a bit stunted because of their substance abuse and i just want to to create systems for them because if they can learn a system then they can have success so for example if they have a system they can use whenever they go through adversity how can i deal with adversity well you know there's a couple of steps i can take and if you can get them using a system 
then they have a greater chance of success rather than winging it. So mm-hmm. my goal is to help create not just material they need to learn, but also systems that they can put into practice mm-hmm. that will help them to have greater success. But I think one of the main things I want to do is just help people really focus in on identity. Because one of the things that has helped me most in my recovery was discovering my identity. Because I didn't really, I believed in God, but I didn't believe that God loved me. I didn't believe that I mattered. I thought he was angry with me, disappointed. And through this journey, I've discovered that he is anything but. And mm-hmm. so if I can help them be rooted, root their identity where it needs to be, then that's going to give them a positive anchor for their recovery. Cool. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, so as we as you move forward and, and continue this, is there anything else that um, you would like to share or anything else going on that you'd like to, to mention or things like that you have on your heart? Um, I'm just grateful to be here. You know, I just want to be used by God to be a blessing, mm-hmm. uh, to use what gifts and talents he's given me to bless these men, to be a blessing really to everybody. And so I enjoy living here. I enjoy my association, you know, my interactions with the staff and the residents. I just really feel like I'm blessed and I'm just give glory to God for how he's using me. Good. That's great. I mean, there's nothing more exciting, I think, in any one of our lives is to feel like um, God has selected us, chosen us, and then is using us in ways that matter. I mean, so often just trying to find purpose in our lives. You know, what is it that I'm here for? And do yes. I, am I doing something that matters? By doing something that's making a difference is so critically important, so critically important to our guys. I mean, so many of them, you know, I, I talk to them regularly and, you know, they got a lot of stories about, you know, it, that they struggle with because sobriety to them looks boring because all sobriety looks like is just get up, go to work, go to bed, go to work, go to bed. You know, that's, is that all there is, you know? Yeah, and, and how do you infuse while the structure may not look all that different, there's still purpose being infused in all that mm-hmm. that's vitally important that makes all the difference. And I appreciate you recognizing that, bringing that, obviously modeling it for our guys as well. You know, we're um, excited about the new program things we're getting ready to roll out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this program has kind of just morphed over the years with kind of a catch-as-catch-can kind of um, development of things as God just brought things and we try to fit them in places and do things. I know you've been evaluating that and now looking to kind of put in place something that maybe is a little more systematic and 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 will continue to be effective at helping bring the transforming message of the gospel to men's lives. So I thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. And uh, you've certainly been a great part of our team and, and thankful for you to be a part of it. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to know more about Recovery His Way, you can look at our website at hiswayinc.org and look forward to watching our next podcast. Thank you.